This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I'm back again this week. I have with me a very special guest that I'm super excited to introduce you to. Or maybe it's to whom I'm super excited to introduce you. That sounds more grammatically appropriate. I have with me today Grant Faulkner, who's the executive director of NaNoWriMo, which I think a lot of you probably already know is short for National Novel Writing Month, one of the largest writing events, if not the largest writing event in the entire world. So um, 500,000 people sign up for this every year. And we're going to get into talking about why people would do this, what NaNoWriMo is, all of that great stuff. But first, welcome to the show, Grant. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Sarah. I've been looking forward to this. Oh my gosh, I have too. And uh, NaNoWriMo 2017 is fast approaching. Um, yeah. There's a lot of buzz on Twitter. Uh, I'm in a lot of writing circles and everybody's talking about, um, what do they call it? October prep mo. Yeah, yes. there is a word. Yeah, I'm I'm forgetting it too. And internally here at NaNoWriMo, we call it Nano Prep, Nano Prep season, which starts in September and then ramps up during October. But there is an official, or somebody has a tag for it on Twitter, and I'm that that's eluding me right now as well. <laughs> but the main the main thing is is like prepare to write your novel and be ready to jump in November first. I love it. So the whole the the gist of NaNoWriMo is people sort of take the plunge, so to speak. And starting November 1st through November 30th, because there's only 30 days in November, if memory serves, <laughs> yeah. uh, they churn out a 50,000 word novel. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? It kind of is. Can you tell me, um, have you completed what you've called a superhuman task? Like, have you done it yourself? And can you just tell us, I guess, a little bit about um, your involvement with the program and... I guess just start rambling, and I'm going to happily listen to you. Okay, I'll just ramble, <laughs> um, which is probably true, actually. Um, yeah, you know, NaNoWriMo, I, I do do it um, every year. I, I, um, I, I feel like I live a, a super busy life. I'm a working parent and a writer on top of my, my day job. But, um, you know, that's the number one excuse I hear from people is I don't have the time right. to write 50,000 words. And it's very valid, right? Like we, we all, we're all busy people. You know, I've never met anyone who didn't say they weren't busy. Um, but the thing is, is that we can look at our lives and, and the things that we really feel are priorities, we need to make them priorities. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think too often in life, our creativity or our desire to write a novel, you know, it keeps falling down our lists as adults. There's that great Picasso quote where he says, every child is born an artist, but the challenge is how to remain an artist as you grow older into mm -hmm. adulthood. And so NaNoWriMo makes that happen. You know, it's, it's, it's just one month. And so I always advise people ahead of time to um, have a strategy, uh, both for their novel, but also just for their, their time to write. So for instance, I, I go on a time hunt every October, which <laughs> means that I, I set aside a whole week and I evaluate how I use my time and I really look closely at what I can get rid of for just a month, you know? So I go on social media less. I don't binge watch Netflix. <laughs> um, I wake up every morning a little bit earlier to write. I might write during my lunch break. You know, for me, it's about finding two to three hours a day where I can write. And I'm a slow writer, so some people only need an hour or two a day to get their word count. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know, NaNoWriMo is it's about writing a novel, but it's really about more than that. 
Tell me a little bit more. You say it's it's about more than that. It's about finding creativity. It's about making a priority in your life for things that are important to you. Um, what else have you heard writers get out of NaNoWriMo? Yeah, I think um, one big aspect of NaNoWriMo that's sometimes overlooked, it's thought of as a writing event, but I always say it's, it's really a writing community. Mm. Um, and that's and that's what I'm really touched by is those thousands and thousands of people who gather online, um, or we have a thousand super volunteers, we call them municipal liaison, and they organize in-person writing gatherings in their local communities. And then likewise, there are a thousand libraries affiliated with NaNoWriMo who host writing gatherings. And so I think uh, sometimes like people think of writing as a as a purely solitary activity and of course solitude plays plays large or plays big in writing um but but nanorama that community is just you can't underestimate the power of being in a creative community um and that's that's where my book 52 pep talks actually has grown from is i hear so many people they'll tell me i found myself as a creator and a writer during november and i want to keep writing all year round but they have problems doing that when the when the rush of NaNoWriMo is over. And so my book is uh, 52 Insights and Actions to Help You Write Year-Round. And, and insights means they're kind of miniature essays, about three to four-page essays on, on 52 topics of creativity. I love this. And that segues perfectly with what I wanted to talk to next. And that is advice for writers. I have been a huge fan of NaNoWriMo for years and years, probably going on 10 years now. And one of the things that I loved when I first started out was the pep talks. I love this because you get to hear uh, from writers, you get to hear inspiration. So is that is that sort of what your book is? Or is your book all um, things that you've written yourself to inspire writers? Tell us a little bit more about your book. Yeah, so it is 52 pep talks, one pep talk for each week. Um, I didn't, it, it doesn't include other writers. They're all written by me. Um, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we do have a whole wealth of, of archive of pep talks on our on our website, you know, from super famous, amazing writers. Um, but I took, you know, it is one part pep talk, and then it's one part just kind of reflection on different aspects of creativity. Um, and yeah, the main the main gist really is, um, I think I think it's easy to to let life overwhelm your your creative urges and your dream to write a novel. And so it's really meant to be, you know, to 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 be sort of a, a creative reflection each week, but the, but there is a to do item every week, and and to to help people develop that creative mindset that's so necessary for finishing a novel. Because I think finishing a novel is is such a huge gift. You know, when you write fifty thousand words in November, you're it's unlikely that you've truly finished your story. And a finished novel means not only finishing that rough draft and and typing the end, um, but also revising it. You know, I think re revision is an amazing uh, creative experience. Experience. And I think uh, seeing your seeing your novel through to the end of its journey is just a gift to yourself and the world. Mm, beautifully put, beautifully put. And I could not agree more. I am so passionate about this. Um, that, And I just, gosh, I feel like I'm going to explode with <laughs> just joy over what you're doing here. Um, so looking at your book of these 52 essays, I love that each one has an action that you take because it's really easy to read all this great advice about writing, but actually implementing what you've learned is so difficult. Do you have a, a, a favorite sort of one of the essays in there? Do you have a favorite tip that you like to share with people out of your book? You know, I'm asked that frequently, and I can't say that I do have a favorite. <laughs> um, I mean, I do have favorites, I guess. Um, 
For instance, there's a chapter on embracing vulnerability, mm. and I, I really do think sometimes writers get hung up in the how-tos of writing, like how to write suspense, how to write good dialogue, how to plot. And those are important things, and I love thinking about those things too, but I think in the end, the novels that, that resonate with me, that change my life, that I think about over and over again, they're the novels where, where the writer made him or herself vulnerable on the page. And, and through that vulnerability, that's how we connect. And that's what I'm really looking forward when I, for when I read, read is that just that pure, wonderful human connection, that brave connection. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, different chapters on the, the necessity of being more playful in your writing oh. uh, and, and, and playful away from your, your, your laptop you know i think um developing um, a creative mindset and a creative process work that works for you happens uh at your desk and away from your desk as well um i have chapters on uh or a chapter that i like about uh, using your life in your story it's kind of it's mm -hmm. kind of like a method acting experience if you're familiar with that term uh it's, it's when writers or when actors i guess they they really go in and and plumb their emotions and, and apply certain emotions to their characters. For instance, the, the great actress Shelley Winters would say that she acted with her scars. Mm. And, I, and I think writers also must write with their scars. That ties into that notion of, of writing with vulnerability. So yeah, there, there, there's just a whole range of topics here. One that I like is, is embracing constraints. Mm. Uh, sometimes I think in our life, um, we see constraints as negative things and not positive things. And that's one lesson of NaNoWriMo. There's a constraint of 30 days and 50,000 words. So you have to write about 1,700 words a day. And, and what that does is it forces you to focus on your forward progress. Mm. It focuses you to write words each day. And, and what that also focuses you, helps you do is to, to take creative risks, you know. Uh, that's what it really gave me as a writer when I first did it. I, I felt like I was stuck in a, in a, a, a writing rut because I was writing really slowly and always always making sure that first chapter of the novel was so perfect before I could move on. But I really wasn't progressing. And making your first chapter of your novel perfect, it's, it's going to change so much in future drafts. It might get cut entirely. So that's what I loved about NaNoWriMo is that you sit down, you write, you focus on moving the story forward and just getting that rough draft out. And by doing that, you're, you're just in, you know, going down so many different creative pathways that you wouldn't have ordinarily. I love that you mentioned that because that is the writer that I used to be is, is the person who would sit down with that first chapter and just polish it and polish it. And every word was this like pixel perfect, intricate piece of a puzzle. And then I got further in my novel, and this is why I gave up that particular novel. I realized that first chapter was no longer relevant and had to go. And I just oh, sunk no. into this well of despair that I'm <laughs> sure so many writers um, can identify with. So I love that. That forward momentum is just so important. Just get your first draft out there. NaNoWriMo is so perfect for that. Yeah, I was going to say, that. I think what happens when, when writers uh, like you and, you and me, uh, when we focus so much on writing that perfect first chapter, perfect first few chapters, is that the creative risk is that we get so attached to our words because we put so much time into them. Yes. And and sometimes that kind of deep attachment, when you really sink your talons in, it's really counterproductive because um, so often what you need to do is get rid of that chapter. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, I'm, if I can use like a sort of Buddhist concept here, yeah. is that, that in, in writing a rough draft with NaNoWriMo, you're less attached to your words because you've written it in such an exploratory fashion. And it is a messy rough draft by definition. And so I, I think 
think that that's a that really gives you a creative benefit because after you've written that rough draft you're not beholden to certain characters or plot lines you're willing to do what it takes to revise it to move it forward so how can you develop this toughness sort of towards your draft while also remaining deeply vulnerable yeah well i think i think the best stage for for being really vulnerable is in that first draft um, when you know if you if you're writing NaNoWriMo style there's a certain improvisational um, I mm. think part part of your brain that's at work um, you're taking risks you're moving your story forward no matter what you can be messy on the page um, so I think that that's really the stage to sort of at least light those candles of vulnerability um, of course that continues in revision and and it, it's just a different exercise I guess so so part of the premise of NaNoWriMo is to banish your internal editor in that <laughs> first draft so you don't want anyone sitting on your shoulders you know saying no 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 that's not a good sentence or no 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 don't go there with the characters you'll embarrass yourself you know whoever that naysaying voice is in your mind get rid of it during NaNoWriMo and then you can invite that you know editorial voice back in when you when you do revision love it any tips on banishing that inner critic (laughs) uh you know we, we we tell our young writers to draw a picture of their inner editor and and wad it up and throw it away so those so those are the students in our young writers program. And so I think you can do that physically. I think for, for adult writers, um, you know, you have to, you, you have to take that, that metaphor of banishing and really, you know, I think, I think for adults, the inner editor is, has really sunk its claws more deeply into your psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does take a lot of practice. I mean, I don't know that anybody uh, can do it 100%, but NaNoWriMo is the best way to try to do it and develop those muscles. I love it. As you're working toward finishing this first draft, whether you're able to finish it within the constraints of the 30 days of NaNoWriMo or not, um, what is the number one thing that helps writers keep going to, you know, until they write that the end at the very end? Lots of coffee, (laughs) lots of chocolate, (laughs) lots of visits to your NaNoWriMo uh, website to talk with your fellow writers uh, or in person. Um, no, seriously, uh, a community really builds a sense of accountability. Uh, if you announce even just on Facebook and say, I'm going to do NaNoWriMo this year, I'm going to write 50,000 words in November, it's likely that some of your friends and family, when they see you in the grocery store, when they see you on a Friday night, they'll ask, how's your novel coming? And you want your word count to be going up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's a great way. Uh, there, there are just so many ways, but I think um, one, one thing to, to realize is that every you're going to go through stages of your writing, hmm. stages of enthusiasm in, in just one month. You know, the, the typical pattern is that people like start in that first week of November. They're fast out of the gate. They're loving their novel. They're loving their characters. And it just seems like so, it's so smooth going. Mm-hmm. And it's usually around the second or third week that you start to hit that wall. It's kind of like running a marathon. Um, so if you can get over that second and third week, and I always think like, really, just don't stop. You know, if your word count has fallen off, you know, recalibrate, you know, you, you might not hit 50,000 words, but try to hit 30,000 words. Um, the main thing is to keep going. That's what we really want is people to write their stories. And I so often will hear somebody or they'll come up to me and they'll say, I'm sorry, I only wrote 10,000 words during November. And I'm like, no, sorry. Sorry about what? To be celebratory. You know, that 10,000 words in a month, that's 120,000 words in a year if you keep that up every month. So yeah, I think, I think, um, 
I think you've got to like again. It's kind of like what I mentioned earlier: or the time hunt, uh, spending some time in October really thinking about your novel, so you don't run into those dead ends. Um, developing a community, uh, you know, thinking about your own accountability, what makes you motivated, whether that's reward or punishment. That's where the chocolate comes in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you know, you know, and I, I would, you know, beyond me though, you know, the NaNoWriMo community itself provides so many great tips on such a range of subjects. So I really do think you'll get the uh, the energy and the gusto from the community itself. I agree. It's a great community. And you just touched on one of the things I wanted to ask you about. And that's, you know, how should I feel if, um, you know, I don't hit my 50,000 word mark? Should I feel proud of myself? Should I feel disappointed in myself? And I guess what would you what would you say to those writers? Well, don't feel disappointed in yourself. I mean, I think too often people say, oh, I failed once, so I'll never try again. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, so, sometimes it's about, you know, it's like practice. It's, it's tough to write 50,000 words. So if you showed up in uh, 2015 and wrote 10,000 words, I hope you show up again in 2016 and maybe write 20 or 25,000 words. And then maybe this is your year to hit 50,000 words. The main thing is to not be discouraged and to keep writing. Um, so, you know, we, I, I hope, and part of the reason I, I wrote this book is so that people, I think like if you've written so intensely for a month in November, you've hopefully developed a creative habit. Mm. And I, I hope this book like can, helps you continue your creative momentum so that you're writing year round, because I really do believe, uh, the world is a better place when people embrace their, their creative powers, you know, and what they write on the page, they will bring to the world off the page as well. Absolutely. So if people are listening to this conversation, and they're like, Oh, my gosh, I need to get this book right away. Where do they go? What do they do? Uh, I think it's available on every book retailer website, you know, all, all the usual suspects. <laughs> so I would I never like to guide people to one because I feel like everyone has their their own book buying, you know, favorite site um, or store. So but but it, it should be there in all the major stores and, and the major websites, but it's published by Chronicle Books. So if you want to go to the Chronicle Books website, that's where you find it. Wonderful. And if people are interested in finding you online, where can they go and what can they do? Yeah, I'm uh, uh, at Grant Faulkner on Twitter. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Those are my two main social media platforms. So yeah, I would I, I, I love I love talking writing online. Wonderful. I'll make sure that I link to all of those in the show notes for today's episode, as well as provide a link to nanowrimo.org if you are interested in signing up or polishing up your profile for next year's NaNoWriMo. Oh, and I want to just mention to everybody, NaNoWriMo is free. Oh, yes. We're a nonprofit. We believe that everyone's story matters. And that's why we'll always be free is that we want to provide access for everyone to tell their story. I love it. So you have nothing to lose. Literally nothing to use except maybe a small slice of your sanity. Yeah, and you're losing your sanity for, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> I want to ask, um, my last two questions that I had for you is, earlier you touched on something that I think doesn't get talked about enough, and that was... Um, you talked about a whole creative mindset or creative living. If someone, if that's a completely foreign concept to somebody, how would you uh, suggest that they start getting into living a more creative whole lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, several chapters in, in my book um, deal with that. For instance, 
there's a chapter on um, embracing boredom, mm-hmm. you know, which which sounds very counterintuitive, right? Who wants to be bored? Um, but I think it's it's pretty well substantiated these days that we're all just so addicted to our iPhones, our devices, uh, whether you know they're laptops or iPads, whatever they are. And uh, I know myself that anytime uh, boredom sets in. Uh, which is just like a cloud that sweeps across the horizon. Like when I'm when I'm just waiting in, in line for a, a cup of coffee. You know, I, God God forbid I, I have to wait for three minutes without anything to do. Um, you know, so, so, you know, I immediately reach, reach for my phone, start scrolling through stuff. And, and you know, they've done studies on this. It, it eats up your the creativity portion of your brain, essentially, in a way. And boredom is good for us. I mean, boredom is a scarcity. Boredom is a, is a writer's opportunity to daydream, mm-hmm. to observe the world around himself or herself to eavesdrop on conversations you know so i think we uh part of like the creative mindset are like recognizing moments like these which uh we might think they're it's bad to be bored but it's an opportunity and i have another chapter in the book about developing superhero powers of observation and you you'd think like okay everyone who has you know if we can see the world um we shouldn't have to practice that but i think what happens is is that we we get so busy in our lives we put blinders on mm. and and so i think it's good again to be very conscious of how you're moving through life and so you know developing those uh, those observational powers is you really have to give yourself permission to practice them and you know one tip i say is just just write down one observation per day sounds easy but it's actually more challenging than you think especially if you get caught up in your busy life or change the way you go through the world instead of uh, most of us um, over rely on our eyes Mm. Uh, so go on a sound walk see what happens when you're just paying attention to the sounds of the world Um, so yeah I think I think that all plays into developing a creative mindset that you know even though these sound you know they're not on the page you're not sitting there in front of your laptop writing your novel but you know by being a more keen observer by being more attuned to the world and yourself and the way your mind works that will help you write the novel that will help you write better absolutely my final question is this will either be super easy or super tough what is What is your absolute favorite thing about writing? Wow. That is, that is both super easy and super tough. Like I could give a real off-the-cuff answer or I could write like a 50,000-word essay on that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I actually did just write um, a piece for the National Writing Project for the National Day on Writing, which is coming up on October 20th. Hmm. And, I, and I listed, once I told somebody that I could come up with 100 reasons why I write, and so I didn't know if that was true or not. And I sat down and I wrote a hundred reasons why I write. Um, but you know, I think, I think when it comes down to it, I write to understand the mysteries of the world and the mysteries of people's souls. Mm. Um, I just think humans are such nuanced, multi-layered, uh, characters and they're so full of uh, contradictions and beauty um, that, that writing is my way to connect to the world, to connect to other people and to connect to myself. Beautifully said. And with that, Grant Faulkner, thank you so much for appearing today as a guest on the show. I'm just so grateful that I got the opportunity to talk to you, and I'm super excited about NaNoWriMo this year, so thank you. Thank you, and I expect to see you in NaNoLand, writing with your motto of writing now. <laughs> right now. Down. Right now.